0: what's up everybody welcome welcome to the comet ml office hours powered by the artist data science i'm your host harpreet jota joining me is austin and Kristoff. what's up guys uh ashit is in the building anti what's going on Laszlo, how you guys doing super excited to have all you guys here um those of you guys tuning in on linkedin on youtube on twitch wherever it is you're watching us feel free to uh Drop your questions right there into the chat. I'm more than happy to take your questions. And I'm also going to give you a link for the room that you can just click on the link and come join us, man. We'd love to have you guys here. All questions are welcome. Everybody's welcome. And I'm excited to, uh, to get started. Hopefully, you guys got a chance to tune into the episode that I released on the podcast on Friday with uh, Pradeep Sangha um the complete man really enjoyed that conversation recorded that back in uh february i think it's been a a while since we recorded it but uh definitely good episode check it out uh also there's an episode with my good friend vin vashista that was released on a podcast with my other good friend ken g so make sure you guys check that out that should be uh I i listened to about half of it it was a great conversation it's a trip when uh it's the weirdest thing that happened. My sister sent me a picture. She, she snapped a picture. And there, my family was watching me on TV in, uh, in Sacramento. They're literally watching podcast episodes of me. They're listening to the one with uh, Kenji. And I was like, dude, that's so weird. So weird to have my uh, family sit there and watch me on, on the TV. But you guys can watch me as well. I was also on Kenji's podcast. It was a great time. I uh, got a chance to be on the Narrative Science podcast on Friday. got a chance to sit down with uh, Cassidy Shield. Had some great questions, uh, had a great discussion, so hopefully you guys get a chance to tune into that. Also, don't forget to register for the Dedicated Conference. You'll see me presenting at the Dedicated Conference on October 5th. We're going to be talking about, um, I'll probably be talking something about MLOps, probably some lessons learned from the field in ML MLOps. We'll be talking a little bit about that. There's also a, conference happening on October 15th called the Machine Learning Conference. Definitely go sign up for that. We'll get links for that right there in the chat and um, the comment section so you guys could join in. Uh, I'll be presenting there as well. Um, talking about lessons learned from uh, the field with ML ops. So ch- checking out the uh, streams, checking out, seeing if comments or anything are happening. Uh, don't see anything happening right now, but do know that your questions are welcome and if anybody has a question uh, that they want to kick off let's uh, let's let's go let's do it uh, ash ash is asking what are these office hours about you're new here well welcome my friend the office hours are about whatever it is that you want them to be about they are led and driven by your questions by your comments and we kind of just Take it from there. We kind of just riff off everything, like Austin is saying here. All things data science, ML. We even go beyond data science, ML. We get into like career advice, we get into philosophy, mindset, all sorts of stuff. Whatever it is that you're interested in talking about at this particular moment in time, we will talk about that. Um, so yeah, I, sh- I-, I should. All your questions are welcome. Uh, let me know. Um, I guess uh, I guess we could we can uh, turn it over to the audience. See if there's any questions. Christoph, go for it, my friend.
1: Uh, my question is about your it's uh, strongly related to your post from yesterday about building and selling and um, I feel that I really suck at selling myself because I do build stuff and actually no one knows it and there are some obvious things I should do and I know I should do them like just put it on LinkedIn and or make a video of it and post it on YouTube. But somehow, I don't know, it's like extremely difficult for me to do it. Like, it's like, it's not moral. <laughs> I don't know. I think I still have those issues.
0: With so I guess the, the first thing is like, let's actually identify this issue. Like what, what is the actual like thing that makes you, uh, feel uncomfortable about it is it kind of like the self promotional aspect of it is it the uh, aspect of you know what if i put something out there that isn't necessarily right what are people going to say are they going to clap back like what what's the what's the hesitancy stemming from
1: i'd say i don't know fear <laughs>
0: <laughs> fear fear of so if if it's um, a, if it's if I it's fear know. if it's fear of like what people are going to think or what people are going to say i'll just say that people have short attention spans anyways. They're either going to like it or just scroll right past it so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, I don't know if most people actually read through everything that I write or just see that it was me that posted it and just smash a like. I'm wondering that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some tests where I just you know talk nonsense and see what happens. But I mean, what's, what's the fear? Uh, what's the fear about?
1: I don't know. I wish I yeah. could do it. It's yeah. like uh, uh, it should be easy because I know all the things. Yeah. To do that. So I don't know yeah. actually my question is maybe. I- yeah,
0: no, no, it's all good, man. So I think uh, like you got to redefine selling, right? I was talking to somebody, I was part of this like a startup accelerator, just kind of trying to learn what goes into us, like how to build a startup and trying to appreciate that, obviously, because I'm now part of, you know, a, a startup. Uh, and in our group, somebody had posted that they felt, um, they felt what did they say. I'll read it right now. Uh, they're saying, he's saying he's, he wants to share a struggle. Self-promotion does not feel natural to me. I hate attention seeking behavior. Seriously. feel like I'm dying when I do that. Uh, and I just said, reframe it from attention seeking to value providing. So you'll still gain attention if you pour yourself by providing value to other. Um, so that's what I would say just that, that little reframe of, you know, if if you if you're hesitant because it feels like attention-seeking behavior, then just kind of redefine it. But I'd love to hear from uh, Austin on on this.
1: Yeah, I think um, Chris.
2: I, this is maybe as personal about you, but you're just a very uh, thoughtful guy. You have a lot of depth in the way you think about things and the way you approach things, and sort of a slow, um, a slow sort of plotting, analytical way of thinking. It strikes me. Um, And so I think there's also uh, the matter of like um, which thinking about which, if you want to share things and you want to share what you're learning or what you're thinking about, also think about the medium through which you want to do that through like what's the form that works best for you. Um, Some folks are better with sort of the quick draw, like the quick LinkedIn posts that share their thoughts. Some people want to write more uh, in-depth pieces, um, things like that. So I think like I struggle with, posting on social media. I just really struggle with it. I'm not good. I'm I'm a much, um, I just have a problem with the quick one-offs, but what I do is I have, um, the the way I do this is I have a lot of conversations that go much more in depth. I might write, I might, might, excuse me, write long form types of things. So just things that are a bit, give me a bit more space and room to get my thoughts out. Cause I just think it, part of it is some personalities and some ways of thinking are more suited for different forms and different mediums. So I would consider that as well. Um, Maybe start with the things you feel more comfortable with. Maybe it's a longer, longer form type of thing. Maybe it's not a LinkedIn post, but something that that you can share uh, that's connected to something else. So that's just one thing I would say, um, because I'm not, I'm not very good at that either. Um, But I, I think that's sort of one, one thing I would think is like matching your style to the form of the writing or the content as well can be helpful.
0: Yeah, you definitely want to keep it like authentic to you, because then I think that way it'll just feel more more natural, like, like Austin is, is saying. But I mean, yeah, just kind of redefine the selling, like what, what we mean by selling, because selling really is just comes down to communication, right? That's all selling really is. So if you reframe it in your mind, like, you know, oh, I'm not a good seller, just say, okay, well, I'm a, I want to be a better communicator, and I just need to communicate my ideas and just practice, 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 practice and just keep pushing stuff out there see what works see what doesn't work and iterate on that awesome uh any follow-up questions let me know uh, by the way everybody's joining us on linkedin super happy to have you guys uh let me know if you got any questions i'm taking questions right now as we speak uh a question coming here from uh asha asha why don't you go ahead and uh, unmute yourself and, and talk to us here and by all means feel free to Feel free to turn on your cameras, guys. It's it's always fun to see everybody.
1: Hello. Hi. I could hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Loud okay. and clear. So so let me
3: introduce myself. Yes, please. Uh, so I'm I'm a data scientist. I just started working three months ago, and uh, I graduated from IIT Bombay in India. Uh, so, so my question is, uh, so how do you, so, so I'm working as a data scientist. And so how, how do you judge whether a job is better than another? And uh, so what what are parameters do you look at while considering a job? I think that's
0: going to change depending on who it is that you're asking. But if you're looking to move careers, I mean, the obvious place to start is think about what is your current job not giving you that you would like to have, right? So I just recently switched jobs. Like a few weeks ago, I just started working at Comet, used to work at Price Industries. And the reason I started looking for a new job was there was not enough of what I wanted to do at price. It started to change it to something else. So a better opportunity for me would have been an opportunity where I get to do more of what I want, right? Which in this case was more machine learning type of stuff. But, But not all, not all, of the uh, interviews i was going for not all the companies i was going to were equal because the roles were different uh, so in this case i found a role that was just specifically suited to like what i wanted to do exactly what i wanted to do and it just worked out that way so i guess to start from there is what is my current job not providing me that I would like to have more of and then scope out the field see what opportunities are available Go ahead go ahead
3: so so how do you figure out whether the next job will so what all the next job will not give you what the current job is giving
0: you so i mean it's it's not like you just apply for a job and then you automatically get hired right like there's typically with an interview process so during that interview process like you have to think of it as a two-way conversation it's not just them seeing if you are the right candidate you need to Think about it as I need to see if this is the place that I want to be at. So you just make sure you ask the right questions. uh, And the right questions are what is specific and important to you, right? So if you're prospecting looking for new roles, obviously start by reading the job description. The job description is going to be a fairly good indicator of the duties and responsibilities for this particular role. And then as you go through the interview process, like you have to ask the questions that will clarify whether this is the right role for you or not.
3: Got, it. got so it. thanks like
0: like like what's happening right now in your current role like what's like you're you're talking about uh go h- how to go about a plan for a better role is there something in your current role that is maybe you know not not what you like Like, i guess let's start there to, to get more specific because otherwise i'm just giving general advice that is not going to
1: help you not really so
3: i'm yeah. very comfortable in the current job So that's, so that's, I think that might create a problem when I'm, when I plan to switch to another job, so Mm -hmm. getting too comfortable.
0: Like comfortable in the sense that like, I like the people I'm working with. I like my company or comfortable in the sense that, oh man, like this work is so easy, I can, you know, not, not even think about doing it and I get it done. Like comfortable in the sense that you're not learning anything or, or that comfortable and like the good comfortable where I like my coworkers, like the company, I like the environment.
3: So so I like the coworkers and work is uh at at times challenging, at times easy, and uh money is also good.
1: So yeah. Yeah, so I mean sounds like but, you like your job. Uh, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, but uh
3: so so I'm a fresher, right? So I did, this is my first job. So so the the uh, the, the salary hike that I'll get uh, from changing the job after two years will be much more than what I'll make in this job after two years, right? So that's my concern.
0: Okay. So I mean, so you so you in it for the money, I guess. Is that's that's the reason you want to switch for new jobs? Is you just want to get get higher higher pays, which is which is fair. That's a valid reason that's, to look for look for a new yeah. job. Um. So in your case, you have a very clear quantifiable criteria for what makes a better job it sounds like for you you care more about just getting that the higher paycheck so when you're going to look for new jobs just make that your number one criteria and then if you got other criteria after that then make sure you're clear on those and make sure you address that in the interview process but like for me like like i mean i wouldn't given where i currently am at comment i probably wouldn't leave if another company offered me just a trivial amount of money extra, like I like the things that we have going on on the on the docket. They're just so so awesome, and it's perfectly, I think, suited for the type of work I want to do, where I want to take my career and the things I want to do. So, think about it from that perspective, right? Like, what is it that that's the quantifiable metric that will get you to change, or non quantifiable, and and just stick to that, and make that your north star. So, in this case, it might be um, looking for better, better salary. Austin, awesome, go for it.
2: Yeah, um, I was just thinking. I mean, I, I'm I may be a little biased here. I'm a very highly like social, socially oriented person. I care a lot about the dynamics of who I work with. Um, given that this is your first job, I just wouldn't also wouldn't underestimate those kinds of things. Um, in the in the long run, those things are very very important, and the kind of things that help you build a network so that when you are looking for work and things start to change and your coworkers go elsewhere or this or that, um, you have those foundations to Have more choice. Um, I just think it's easy sometimes, especially when it's early in a career and you've got a lot of energy around things. To just kind of um, take, like I found this true, taking for granted some of like the people that I'm working with and the things that are challenging. So it's almost like, I, I wouldn't say don't go for what you're talking about. I wouldn't encourage you like to not look or anything like that, but make sure you're keeping track of what it is that you like about this job and like about your colleagues and the working environment. And, you know, if that's working for you, then you can seek both, you know, those things, but just, just make sure you have an understanding of what is working well for you outside of just the, the pay as well, because all of those things make up how you live your, your days and your life. Um, and not to say like what your priorities be, should be. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that like, if you're experiencing some good things in a first job, it's really important to note what those are and why you feel that way. Um, and that, you know, will end up playing a part in some of your decision-making. It just kind of happens that way, but I would just make sure you're taking stock of those things, even if they're not the, like the number one deciding factor, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a high paycheck is no substitute for who you work with and what you work on. Right. So um, like yeah, if, if, somebody, learned,
3: if
0: yeah. yeah, like if somebody was to come up to you and say, "Hey, look, you know what? Whatever you're making right now, let me give you 30% extra, but you have to shovel cow shit all day." Would you do that? You would. You would. You'd shovel cow no, no, shit no. every night, <laughs> yeah, right? So, so <laughs> you know, so just think about it, like from that perspective. Like whatever next opportunity you do, is it going to? It does it just align with where you want to go, what you want to do with your career in the long term, right? Um, so. That plus, you know, more money is inevitable, more money is just a byproduct of just being a great data scientist, right? Like, like if, if you're just not a good data scientist, you just won't get paid more. The, the market won't hire you or they won't compensate you um, because you haven't done valuable things before or you haven't, you know, contributed uh, positively in some way. So just focus on just being an awesome data scientist and doing good quality work and the money aspect will take care of itself naturally. Um, bunch of questions coming in on LinkedIn. Uh, great question. I should kick us off. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Costa wrote a uh, like essay here. Um, a lot of graduates are frustrated that entry level roles are expected to have a strong grasp of tools off the bat. Power BI Tableau, uh, I think I wrote about this recently. Unlike other disciplines like mechanical engineering that teaches CAD software, data science courses don't seem to include any of this in the curriculum. Right now, most people learn it from themselves, but we're reaching a point in the industry where the courses need to get more practical than they are right now. Um, Or should courses focus on the math and let us learn the tools for ourselves? That is a, um, that's a great question. So I think like data science is a meta skill, right? Like just knowing Python, just knowing the math behind stuff, that's entry. Like, you know, that's table stakes to get into the job like that. You you need those skills to get into the job. But that's not what makes a data scientist. Um, you know, what I mean, like like I say, yes, you do need more practical experience, but courses can't really teach that directly. I don't think you'd have to do that on your own. And you have to do that through projects and things like that. Um, but Costa, you're definitely more than welcome to uh, smash the link and come into the room. We'd love to have you here. We can chat more about that. Susan Walsh is in the building, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Susan Walsh, how you doing?
4: Take my meat off. Whoop, whoop. Hello. Happy Sunday.
0: Happy Sunday, man. Good to see you. It's been a Not while. How have you been?
4: Yeah, good. I have just booked a holiday, so I'm going to Greece next Sunday.
0: Nice. Nice. Yes. That's going to be awesome.
4: I get to leave this island. Yes. <laughs>
0: Or another tropic island. No, I guess not really. Tropic Mediterranean island, yes. Well. Or, it, are you going to Santorini or are you just going to... Actually, uh, Crete. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's going to be nice.
4: Oh, right on. it's going to be amazing.
0: Susan Walsh has been doing awesome things lately, my friends. She's yeah head, head talk and you did a book. Is your book released already?
4: Book's out next week. <clears throat> well, in the amazing. UK, it'll, it'll be available next week. Maybe the week after in the US, but it's on amazon barnes and nobles for pre-order already it's crazy what's it called it's called between the spreadsheets classifying and fixing dirty data so it's gonna be a good read
0: i like that i like that title between the spreadsheets
4: i've got a whole chapter on data horror stories that people donated anonymously i mean it's like you get to watch the car crash
0: I'm excited oh. to check that out. Susan, you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to send me a copy and you're gonna to have to come on the podcast and we can finally talk Let's about this. See
4: what I can do? Maybe yeah. we, get a nice. signature for you as well.
0: Uh Christoph is saying your accent is awesome. He lived in Scotland for three years.
1: Ah, whereabouts? Uh, it was inverness. Oh nice. Uh, I'm from Dundee. Nice. Great. I love the accent.
4: I miss
0: fish suppers. You can't get a good fish supper in England. So let's uh, let's let's go into some more questions. A lot of questions popping in on LinkedIn, man. It's uh, it's it's getting it's getting uh, here. So uh, Sunil says he's from a non-technical background, done a did his graduation, in BCom, would like to hustle now to be a data scientist, but needs a few suggestions on this route. On this, yeah, on this note. Um, so my friend, Makiko Bazeli, uh, she wrote a awesome series of articles on medium highlighting her journey to go from a non-technical background into now she's a machine learning engineer at MailChimp, but you know, she's been in data science and stuff like that as well. But I mean, anybody can learn data science from anywhere. Like it's permissionless, right? Like all the tools are at your disposal. You probably just need guidance and a roadmap. Um, So start with the basics, start with the fundamentals. If you're just now trying to break into data science with absolutely zero background or technical skill, I would say start learning SQL. Once you start learning SQL, then learn Python, specifically pandas. Um, Python then pandas, I'd say. And a couple of good books I'd recommend on that route. There's um, the book by Wes McKinney, the guy who created pandas called Python for data analysis that will teach you the first several chapters are just um, Python, like as a pure programming language, and then just a super deep dive into pandas. Um, SQL, there's a bunch of SQL resources out there. I mean, you just look up Danny Ma, he's got like awesome, awesome SQL content. And also um, for machine learning stuff, just intro to machine learning with Python, I think would be a good place to start. And then from there, just, Projects, man. You guys just build out projects as much as possible because touching back on what Costa was saying here, um, you need practical experience and you get practical experience through building out projects and things like that. Um, get your oh, hands pretty. dirty. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, non technical background here. And um, how I, when I started my business, I got lots of work through, you know, the up- freelancer websites, like the cheapest, you know, the work, the jobs that you don't make any money on, but you learn loads. Um, and that's a good way to just kind of pick up different projects as well. I found I did really random stuff, but actually learned a lot from it.
0: So, uh, like, for people who want to start off as freelancers, like, do you have any tips? Like, how does, that, how does that get started? How we start pricing ourselves? Like, how do we find out what our value proposition is? How did you do that for yourself?
4: Well, it's... <sighs> On these websites, it's not really about your value and your value proposition. You can set an hourly rate, but it's really determined by who's bidding for the project and what price they're charging. Sometimes people will set a budget for the project, and then you just bid for that. Um, The reality is if you go too high, people won't use you. I mean, the people who are going to freelancer websites are looking for cheaper alternatives. but just be careful because I, you know, you can end up with the worst of the worst projects and people to deal with who don't pay you on time or, or try not to pay you at all. And, you know, the scope creep and all that good stuff. Um, but again, that's still all learning. You know, I learned a lot from all that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if you don't want to go the freelancer route, just think of a problem you have in your life that you would like to solve using data and go solve that problem using data, right? Like. Yeah, I say, I say this like so often, data is everywhere. It really is absolutely everywhere. Like it's very easy to get a hold of, right? If you listen to music on Spotify, you can go to Spotify API, pull all of your listening data and do awesome stuff. There's open data portals for pretty much every major municipality in the world. So you can get live dirty data, get in between the spreadsheets and start cleaning that dirty data uh you can you can get data from i mean kaggle competitions obviously you can go to open ml there's so many places to get data you just need to get your hands dirty and start just working with stuff
3: um yeah and you
4: can get all the public sector data is available online yeah. so yeah again loads of messy data
3: yeah
0: absolutely man um Like, for example, in Winnipeg, there's a data set with just all the trees that were planted across the city of Winnipeg, the neighborhoods, the age of the trees. And I mean, I'm sure you can think of several interesting questions to ask of that data and then try to answer it. Um, But yeah, hopefully that that helps. Um, For some reason, I lost all the questions and comments on LinkedIn. None of them are coming up anymore. Um, But if anybody else has questions or comments, please do let me know. here or in the chat, scrolling through, don't see anything in the chat here. Uh, so people joining in on LinkedIn, super happy to have you guys. I see there's like 20 of you. Uh, please let us know if you have questions. Uh, Natasha, there's one of those from a non-tech background, totally doable. Yes, it's absolutely doable. You get the right mindset and consistency. Yeah. So let's talk about the, why it is so doable. First of all, if you're watching this, you have the requisite means at your disposal, you know, Functioning body, functioning mind, and a connection to the internet. Right, those three things are the foundations to getting started in data science. Now you can go to YouTube and just type in, you know, how to do SQL, and there's just hour long, like hours and hours of tutorials out there for people teaching you how to do SQL. Right. Um, Same thing with Python and machine learning. Like everything is at your disposal now. Like you, it's freely accessible as well through YouTube and. And things like that um Natasha is asking Susan which platforms did you use uh, did you like Fiverr Upwork or how'd you, how you source these clients
4: I use Upwork and People Per Hour so I think People Per Hour is more a Europe UK based platform I, I have a thing about Fiverr I don't know I just feel like that's really devaluing people's work um, I'm sure you get lots of good people on there and you know get some value, but it's just pushing the cost of everything down. Um, And you know, there are there are countries where a fiver is, you know, a lot of money. Um, But, you know, in the UK, it's really not, you know, if you got paid like a fiver for an hour's work, you know, you'd be better off going out in the street and begging, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So um, but you know, check it out. See, you know, you can you can choose what projects you want to work on. So see what's out there, you know, because maybe it's a fiver for a minute or a fiver for five minutes, you know, I I don't really know. So, but they're the ones that I would, that I have used and I've, I've found have worked and been fair platforms.
0: Thank you very much for that, Susan. Actually, I actually did release an episode with uh, Alison Grade a while back, it was just all about freelancing for data scientists. Um, forgot about that episode. Yeah, definitely go check that out. Alison Grade uh on the Artists of Data Science. And the episode is called Freelancing for Data Scientists. It uh, looks like there are some questions coming in here that I missed. A uh, question about tips on getting started with Kaggle competitions. Um, I don't really do Kaggle competitions, um, but I mean, from my understanding, it's pretty easy to get started. Just like sign up for a Kaggle account and then um, find a competition that you'd like to get in on. and. Just execute on it. Um, so, at some point in the near future, we'll probably build out a series on how to use Comet to optimize your models for Kaggle competitions. I'll probably have more information for you about that when that time comes. Um, but I mean, first of all, if you're doing Kaggle competitions, just don't don't go in there with the mindset that you're going to get in the top like one percent or anything. Just use it strictly as a learning experience, I'd say. Um, so, tips to get started. Sign up for a Kaggle account, find a competition, and start doing some work. Uh, looks like Anti did a visualization comparing Drake and Kanye's new albums and how they've been streaming on Spotify in different countries. That sounds pretty interesting. I'd love to check that out. Um, yeah, I would absolutely love to check that out. All the data is from SpotifyCharts.com. I've never heard of that, so I'm going to have to uh, check that out as well. Um, all right, guys. Let me know if you guys got any questions. Art, good to see you here again. Shout out to Bharat, shout out to Lazlo. i got a
4: question, but it's yes, probably please. a bit, bit, bit off-paced. But um, how is it being the new guy at work? How's the job going?
0: <laughs> it's going good. So far, so good. It's been, um, what, I just completed two weeks on the on the job. Uh, a lot of just onboarding and stuff right now. Uh, so, watching a lot of training videos, reading a lot of training documentation doing a lot of coffee chats meeting with people doing one-on-ones getting nice. to know a lot of people there's a lot of us that are starting at the the same time within our little group um I'm just pumped man like everybody's so hyped and it's just like the the way the team has been assembled it's it's really awesome and I mean I say this several times I feel like this opportunity is just like the most perfect opportunity for me right it's just an intersection of Everything I love to do, right? Like I love doing data science projects, but I also love marketing, I love branding, I love communicating, I love educating, I love uh, and, and not only that, but I absolutely love copywriting and marketing and and all that stuff. So um, yeah it's it's a unique opportunity for sure, and it's been great. Um, I've been working on a uh, presentation that I'm going to be given. I'll give the same presentation a couple of different times, but just tweaking that. Uh yeah, it's really cool. Uh m- my boss is on on the on the call here, Austin. How yeah. how, how have I been as <laughs> as the new guy?
2: Oh man, it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, it was um we added a bunch like our Har- Harper was saying, we added a bunch of folks to our marketing team and then a couple other teams as well, but a lot on on the marketing and growth, like community, like this sort of mishmash of things. And he's killing it. Yeah, he came in like day one as like synthesizing what he's learning about the product and about what we're doing and, uh, is like posting on LinkedIn about it. And it's just kind of running with stuff. So, um, exactly what I was hoping for and all the things he heartbreat listed was the exact reason why we sort of sought him out for this role. So, um, just that, that curiosity and that ability to do a lot of different things, uh, for a lot of different folks. Yeah, he's killing it. They're all, they're all killing it. It is cool having that group of people come in at once, which is sort of nice that, like, I think for a while it's and I've seen this where like one person joins and then another person joins like two weeks later. And there's sort of like um, having like five people join at once there's like a cohort and it just brings this new energy to all like the shared meetings and the sort of like old things that were getting stale, you know, and you're like, just kind of like, okay, same people every day on video calls, or whatever. So I think the best thing has been, there's just like a new um, new energy and a new sort of like batch of questions that challenge some of the biases we have. So I think that's been some of the best stuff I've seen so far.
0: Christoph is asking, what's my, what's my job description? It's funny. I was talking to, uh, I was doing a one-on-one with uh, one of my colleagues Drew, on Friday and Drew told me that I am the face of the company. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, that's uh, no pressure. Yeah. That's like a, uh, not the prettiest face he could have picked, but, <laughs> but there you go. That's my official job description, the face of the company. <laughs> um i mean in a nutshell i think of it like this i think of the role that i'm doing as i'm helping build the future by enabling the most world-class machine learning teams to build better models right and I, that's absolutely true like the clients we have are just all of you interact with their stuff probably on a daily basis right everything from i don't know if i can name off clients but i mean austin can name off the ones that uh
2: yeah, um the Ubers, Ubers of the world, Etsy, Zappos, Netflix, um, there's a bunch more. I I'm not yeah. a salesperson, so I don't I don't get on all those talks, but there's there's a lot, a lot of things going on. We have a lot of um, yeah, um, I think and, and how the way we envision her is sort of like really doing the work of connecting the community and our audience to sort of like what we believe about the future of machine learning, and then by extension, sort of like our solution to it, of course. Um, but sort of this idea that there's, there's a way to structure and build machine learning projects in teams more effectively. Um, there's a sort of a, a canonical sort of, you know, in an ML ops space. And I think, you know, the way I think of it is like our team and Harpreet specifically is, is, is sort of charged with connecting users and our audience and community to those values and to like what we can do. And that means education, that means events, that means content, that means just talking, doing events like this, like all that kind of stuff is, is fair game. So I think the, the public face of the, the company is, is in through sort of that uh, paradigm. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's just like a unique combination of just all the things that I love doing. Uh, so follow-up question from Sunil. Uh, Sunil on LinkedIn said, uh, I agree, as you mentioned, there are a lot of free ro- resources available but uh, for, for beginners, but watching those videos and learning the basics isn't working really well. Uh, that's because learning is not enough. You can't just get by with learning. You have to get your hands dirty and you have to start working and taking what you've applied. I'm sorry, taking what you've learned and apply it in a hands-on project, right? Like you have to do that. Uh, he says that he needs a mentor who can guide me in every step. Uh, you're not going to get one of those, uh, through tracking my progress, assigning few work on, we No, you, you, you gotta be your own mentor in that respect, man. Like, uh, you, I mean. Nobody has time to do that for you, right? You have to do that for yourself, especially if you want to thrive and grow in this field. uh, You have to constantly be learning. You have to constantly be upskilling. So this ability to teach yourself new things is probably the most important skill in data science. Just this ability to learn and this ability to find a path through ambiguity, right? the ability to operate not using a step-by-step roadmap, but a compass and figure out how to do things is crucial to your success as a data scientist. So if you are the type of person that needs somebody who can can guide you every step of the way, then you probably need a more rigorous and structured program, right? So maybe for you, self-learning isn't gonna be enough. You probably need to enroll in like, I don't know, like a university or something like that. Um, But even then, your teachers aren't gonna be guiding you every step of the way. Uh, You probably get assigned homework and you'll get graded on it, Uh, which might be what you're looking for. uh, But in the real world, you're not going to get that. Um, That being said, you come into office hours. Like I said, man, like I'm the most accessible data science influencer, you know, like you can, it's guaranteed you will find me twice a week at the same exact place and time. You just have to show up with your questions and just show up with whatever you want to get looked at, right? Um, Because I'm sure as hell not responding to anybody's direct messages. I get far too many of those, Um, but I'm here. These two, two times a week, you know, to help. Um, so there you go. But, um, hopefully that, that provided, I, don't know, I was just kind of going off on a rant. Um, but yeah, learning to learn is a art. Yes, it is. Uh, learning to learn is the most important skill as a data scientist. Uh, where can you get links to the ML conferences? would love to attend them. Yeah, definitely. So dedicated, you just go to LinkedIn and just, uh, I think just go to dedicated and that is entirely free. I don't know if you register for DataCater or not, but you can get a link to that. and then, I'll, yeah. I'll
4: get the link, see if I can find it. Okay.
0: Are you presenting there as well, Susan? Oh, yes. Nice. What's your topic?
4: Um, I think it's between the spreadsheets.
0: Nice. Like nice. a
4: five-minute overview. Yeah.
0: yeah, man. I mean, people sleep on Excel. They think that you get into a job as a data scientist and you're just going to be doing sexy machine learning all day long. You're probably not going to be doing that all day long. You need to have proficiency with those spreadsheets. Uh, Paramia just says, thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm not sure Priya what you are uh, thanking me for, but welcome.
2: Uh, Hey, can I jump in and say one thing about the sort of mentorship point you were making?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: One of the things that I've learned is sort of, um, I'm not a data scientist, just for for Sunil, right? Who's listening? Um, I'm the head of community at comment. One thing I've learned about, you know, sharing learning resources, providing value, things like that. Like if you're asking for something like that, you have to be able to re- provide some sort of reciprocal value. Like I think to extend on that point, it's sort of like there has to be some sort of shared value that you're giving someone in order to sort of receive what you would want in terms of like whether it's a mentor or just guidance or whatever it is, like you can't just show up and raise your hand and ask for it. You have to like provide something of value, join communities, be a part of things. Um, and if that's uncomfortable, that's just so kind of what you have to do to start putting yourself out there and and then, you know, being there. And then maybe it turns out like when you start making those relationships and those connections, people are more willing to help you. Um, even if it's not like, you know, a one-to-one mentorship, but you have more opportunities. If you put yourself out there, if you connect, if you join these communities, um, and you don't show up with the first thing being like, can I have, can you help me? Can you do all this work for me? You have to put in that work to build those relationships first. And that's not just in learning things. That's at a job. That's at like getting the resources that you need to do your job well at a company or at an internship or whatever it is. Like you have to build those relationships first by Susan, um, before, you know, b- before anyone's going to agree to jump in and like really go out on a limb for you. Um, so I just wanted to make that follow-up point about like the reciprocal value. And that's so important in having thriving, healthy community spaces and relationships as well in this, in sort of a professional sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, like they talk about, like, I was just rereading mastery by Robert Greene. Um, and he talks about like this apprenticeship phase, right. And this is exactly what Austin is saying. Like you have to have that type of, I mean, there's, there's mentors out there who, Give freely, don't want anything back. But really, the best mentors will probably need your help in some way, and typically that involves bringing up their time in in some in some way, right? Like like helping them out with with something to, to so that they can focus on something else. So yeah, you got you got to put a little bit of effort uh, in as as well. Um, shout out to uh, Asha, just joined in. Happy to see you here, Asha. Uh, Asha is. Sorry for being late. You don't have to be sorry for being late, Asha. And she's traveling today. All right. Well, I'm excited to see where it is that you are traveling to. Uh, Auntie says, see and ask what you could do for others before thinking about what they can do for you. Yes, absolutely agree with that. Um, questions coming in from LinkedIn. Uh, Costa is saying it's easy to set a roadmap for hard technical skills. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. That's um, that's not too difficult to do. But how do you guys set SMART, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, uh, attainable i don't know what the r and time bound what's the r stand for again your smart goals realistic maybe uh how do you guys set smart goals on your soft skills that's a good question man um yeah like i mean soft skills are one of those things that are very very difficult to learn later on in life right like i uh, think it's 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 yeah man i don't have a good answer for that i mean ask for feedback that's for sure but then like how are you going to be measuring like how much better of a communicator you get, right? Uh let's see if anybody else has has tips here. Austin, any tips on how to set smart goals for soft skills? That's a great question. I, yeah. That's that's a good question.
2: Um I mean, I I guess I don't is the honest <laughs> yeah. answer. I just don't. Um, because that to me, then um like any goals that I'm setting are like Sort of what I, so for work stuff, I, you know, I do a lot of relationship building and and things like that, but it doesn't help to say like, I I mean, maybe it's just like, if you're trying to learn how to talk to people, maybe it's like, I set up a certain number of just like coffee chats with people in the community or something. Maybe it's just like a volume and just like doing it repetitive practice. Um, And it's really just like, this is a realistic amount for me. Um, It's specific, I'm having these chats about data or I'm going to a community event or asking a question, right? Just to put myself out there and to learn how to ask better questions. And then the measurement is, did I do that thing? It's anchored, it's uh, timely, it's sort of all of those things. So it can literally just be like, it might not be even outcome of what the conversation is. It could just be like doing things that give you practice in like asking questions in front of people or, having one-on-one conversations about a particular topic. Um, So, so it's not so much like people are going to like me more, or I'm going to get something out of this. It's more just like, can I do these things and and learn, learn these skills? But I don't, I don't typically do that myself. I think it, it sort of objectifies this like more human um, part of me that I, and I just don't like to do that, but I can see how that could be valuable if you're, if you're learning how to do that. That's what I would suggest something along those lines.
0: Yeah, I like that. And just kind of to, to riff off that, let's say, let's say that you as an individual contributor at work, you recognize that, hey, you know what? Like, I don't speak enough. I don't speak up enough at work, right? Um, and And that's something that I want to work on, right? So you've got a specific goal now. I want to, I want to speak up more at work, right? So if you want to make that measurable, you can say that, all right, I've got six meetings this week in each meeting, I want to ask one question and make one comment, right? So now you've got measure to that. Uh, Is it achievable? Yes, because you're going to be there at the meetings, you're going to keep your ears open. And you're going to ask relevant questions and time bound. Yeah, you say, you know what, I'm going to make this practice over the course of the next four weeks. And I'll keep track of how many meetings I go to how many questions I ask. And you know i guess that's one way of deconstructing that so so kind of putting into play what austin was saying into like more more structure so that's one way to do that um and another way is just you know like have uh, have a couple of like like i guess is confidant the right word i'm not sure um but just somebody that you can go to that, that you know is in, in a lot of meetings with you and just say hey look but I'm trying to work on this aspect of myself as a professional, like I know that I don't ask enough questions. I want to you know, kind of be in the mix a little bit more. Can you please um, hold me accountable to this during meetings, right? Um, So have somebody that's that's kind of in there with you and then ask for their feedback as well. Like, what did you think of my question? What did you think of the response? Do you think it's relevant, so on and so forth, right? You want to get better at being an educator. Well, then give yourself the task of doing one lunch and learn every single month where you are going to present to a non-technical audience, some aspect of the work that you did just to help illuminate uh, their you know, understanding of this particular thing. Um, so practice doing that and then ask for feedback. Um, a lot of good advice coming here in the chat. Listen to podcasts, attend these meetings, spend some time, not too much on LinkedIn, try to solve the problems once more before asking your help, it'll make your questions better. I think I might be reading the question or a uh, comment on a different thread there. Um, but hopefully that was helpful. Uh Drew Pod says so soft skills are things that you can attain as a byproduct of immersing yourself in the community. I think that's a very, very insightful comment. Thank you very much for that. Um Yeah, there's there's you know some some bugs. I've got a couple, I think I got one right up here somewhere. Uh nope there's the art of charisma or the charisma myth sorry and then the art of small talk right those are a couple of books that i would check out like because believe believe it or not would you guys only ever see me talking but when i'm out in the real world I'm like i'm just quiet i don't i don't say much uh, even when i'm like hanging out with friends drinking beer like i'm just kind of sitting there listening to everyone i don't really say much um it's just so happens that you guys always see me i'm always talking um so, I had to read a book on how to do small talk uh, because I always want to talk about big
3: things.
1: I would say one other thing too, is that like
2: there's a, the soft skills are a big sort of abstraction, like a big bucket of abstraction. It's like, you got to define what things you want to get better at specifically. Do you want to become more persuasive? Do you want to be better at informing people? Do you like, what kind of communication skills are you trying to acquire? Are you trying to get better at like analytical and argumentative sort of not, not like fighting, but like, making a better argument to sort of back up a claim? Are you trying to just get along better with your colleagues and have more interesting conversations? What is it within that Scott soft skill range where you feel like you need to improve? Why do you need, why do you feel like you need to improve it? And like, what's sort of the, the final outcome you're looking for? And I think maybe if you like dig into those things as well, they can sort of focus your efforts and then creating goals around those particular um, fast instead of just like all of soft skills you know like that's a that's a big bucket of things um maybe something like that that just struck me
0: yeah great comment i would love to hear from anybody else who uh, who wants to uh, chime in here definitely you know by all means all comments are welcome um so definitely let us know uh Costa was asking have you guys ever used something like the looming career architect book uh that's the closest thing i've found to Bringing a bit more structure and inspiration to building career skills outside of technical skills. I've got to check that out. I've never heard of that book, but um I'm going to Google that now and see if I can find it. Uh, somebody's asking, What's my location? North America, somewhere in North America. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That is where I am located. Harris of the Prairies. Harris of the Prairies. Uh, But I'm born and raised in Sacramento, Sacramento, California is where I'm from. Hence the cool swag
1: and demeanor that you see oozing through the microphone and your screen. All right, guys. Uh, Thank
0: you, Austin and Hardy. My name's not Hardy, but Harpreet. uh, For the amazing value. Oh man, look, just keep coming. Actually, like definitely, like I'm happy to have, like you know. Happy to have you here. Happy to answer any questions you got. Um, you know, by all means, just uh, just, just keep showing up. Uh, we've got one on Friday as well that you can come to. Um, folks on LinkedIn, holler at me. Anybody got questions on LinkedIn or on YouTube or even here in the chat? Would love to hear from people. Uh, Christine says introspection can help with soft skills. Introspection is a means to reflect on subject and ask yourself questions. Ask yourself, what could I have done better? I really, really like that. Yeah, introspection is key to soft skills. I think introspection is key to just career growth, right? Because you have to think about what it is that you actually truly want. You need to really understand yourself. Christoph um, is uh, taking off. Christoph, thank you for uh, joining. Happy to have you guys here. All right. Uh, I mean, if there's no more questions, I guess we can wrap up a, you a know, little bit early. I mean, Laszlo. Good to have you here. At the, I love that name, Laszlo, man. I feel like that's like the coolest name ever. Uh, who's that guy from Google? Laszlo, Laszlo Bach was that his name? Like, that's just, Laszlo is such a cool name. Um, Alright, or Auntie Any questions? Does not look like we have any questions, my friends. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. Hopefully, you get a chance to tune in into the uh, podcast. Release an episode with Pradeep Singha. Um, and also. The episode I, I released last week with Max Frenzel has been getting a lot of traction. I've gotten tagged by a lot of people on LinkedIn saying that that conversation was uh, incredibly valuable to them. Um, so much so that I had to go back and listen to it. And I was like, damn, yeah, Max is a super, super great speaker. And he talked about some awesome things. So definitely check that episode out as well. Um, just want to read off a comment coming in from uh, Priya. Currently at a new job. Working with colleagues that are much older and more experienced and our personalities clash as they're super precise and don't allow much room for error. It can honestly be frustrating and stressful sometimes as I feel on edge, but I guess I should just try to be positive and believe I can improve. As for specific advice, right? If there are people who are super precise, just make your request for feedback just as precise, right? Um, just ask them, what is it that I, I could have done better, right? but very, very specific to that particular problem. Um, So you got any tips for that? Austin, if you got like, so working with older people, personalities don't clash. These people are super precise, don't allow much room for error. Um, I mean, I guess that's really dependent on your field as well. If you're like working in a medical field, you better be super precise and not have much room for error because that people's lives are uh, gonna be at risk. Um, but Austin, what are your thoughts on that? And Priya, yeah. you have a question. Go ahead. Let us know.
2: Yeah. Um, one thing I found is, and and this is sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, sometimes people don't respond to this, but sometimes I've found that like being, being a little more like, cause it, I think with the people like that who feel a little bit scary to you, it's hard to open up and be a little bit vulnerable and admit that you are struggling with something or you don't know something. I think like leaning in a little bit to vulnerability and seeing how Someone like people like this respond, just saying like, "Hey, I'm I'm struggling with this, and I and I feel like even just calling that out, and I feel like you, you know, sort of layering it with like a compliment about how precise, like you guys are are so precise at what you do, and I'm feeling like, like I'm coming up a little bit short. Is there anything you guys have learned in your time here? Is there any like sort of that that little that little inkling of vulnerability where you're where you're saying like? Hey, I'm not so sure of myself, and you're you're phrasing it in a way that that is sort of complimentary of of the people you're working with, and saying like, "Hey, I want to I want to be more like you, or I want to be more precise, I want to be more, um, you know, maybe you don't want to necessarily take on that personality, but just sort of um, communicating what it is you're worried about in a, in a in an effective way. Like it might, you know, it doesn't always work. Some people don't respond well to that, but that has gotten me through more moments. So like I I work with data scientists, machine learning engineers all the time. I couldn't train a model to save my life. No idea. I mean, I know some of the basics and the concepts and how to talk about it, but that's really worked for me. And has been such a powerful tool is to admit my vulnerability and admit when I don't know something, um, and put it in a frame that, that puts someone else in the sort of expertise role so they can feel like, Hey, I'm going to teach someone something I'm going to, and people feel good about that. Um, so sort of showing those little slivers of, of vulnerability c- can, uh, I think it's just a good thing to do generally as I <laughs> sort of have found my way through the world, you doing that. Um, but I think that can also help sort of open people up and, and see you more clearly um, and actually see who you are and and, and what you're struggling with.
0: Yeah. Uh, that I forgot what book I was reading it in, but it, it makes complete sense where you just kind of, State upfront that there's something that maybe you don't understand. And maybe, like, oh, look, I'm not an expert in this area. It's something I don't understand, but here's what I came up with. If you have any suggestions for improvement, please let me know. Like, just, yeah, uh, great tips there, Austin. There's now a bunch of questions coming in from LinkedIn that we are going to get to. Why is it always the best questions that just come in, always at the last minute? But Asha, go for it. Asha had her, her hand up. Oh,
3: so I had a question, or yeah. a very odd question. Um, a lot of the times when you're sharing work you've done with stakeholders, you want to show them the code as much as they wouldn't understand it, just to, ex- like, you try to explain this is what I did, this is what this does. Um, and then, I'm wondering how to phrase it to that. Um, so, I got a request and I was told, you're not supposed to share the code with any other stakeholder. You're... How do you go about things like this when you're in the same team, in the same company? Have you ever had requests like this and how do you go about it? And not
0: diagrams. You had to do diagrams, right? You can have like, have, have I think uh, a draw.io. That's one place you can use to, to make diagrams. But let's say you want to talk about how you arrived at a particular data model, right? You can just have a, di- uh, a diagram that has like the database to say, okay, here's our database. It's kind of where all our data lives and you have an arrow and say, we go to this module and in this module, we you know select these particular columns. And then with those columns, we do this, this, and this, and then just diagram it out. Um, I think that probably it communicates the idea clearly without them having to get in the weeds of the code. You can just say, we have a thing here that did this and the result of this thing went over here. And the result of that thing went here and here. And then from there, we did this. That's what I would do.
3: No, 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 not in that sense. In the sense of the stakeholder actually wants to see the code. It's like, give me the code. Then your supervisor is like, no, you are not supposed to show anyone the code. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it. You're in the same company, but how do you disagree, disagree <laughs> respectfully? Sorry. I, uh, I would was just being...
0: try to, yeah, no, no problem. I would just ask your boss, like, hey, just, you know, like, first of all, like, if your boss says they don't want you to share the code, you probably shouldn't. They probably have a good reason to, and you just need to understand the reason. So just ask them be like, hey, I'm just curious. I just want to kind of get an idea as to why it is that we are not allowed to share co- code with, with internal stakeholders, right? And if their reason is a, a good one, then you'll know if the reason is like not a good one, then you kind of press it, you know, ask more questions and then try to understand. But I'll pause there for a second, see what I uh, see what Austin has to say. And um, don't worry, everybody on LinkedIn will get your questions. <laughs> Good questions coming in now.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the most effective thing is when I ever run into a roadblock or some sort of conflict like this, I, I I really just take a step back, try to listen and understand like the root cause of what happened. So in this case, it's like, yeah, I think Harper, your suggestion to sort of try to understand why something like that couldn't be shared and what the actual issue is. And, and that's not just for this, you know, this sort of one instance, it'll maybe help inform future interactions along these lines. Um, I think just trying to be patient and trying to understand um, those roadblocks you're running into, especially when you're you're sort of new in a place. Which I, I think Ash, you've mentioned that you're sort of confronting some of these various issues uh, over the last few weeks. Um, it's a very that's a very general thing to say, but I, I think that's that's the most effective thing because there's a lot of things you can't control in this situation, and you can't necessarily like fix the outcome or get the outcome that you want, um, or that would be preferable. It's it's I think it is really just about um, you know, figuring out the, that sort of why and, and being
0: patient and listening. Any uh, follow up to that? No, Any no, no, no. Color, thank color you. commentary or, or more detail or anything?
3: No, thank you. That 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 has guided me a bit. Thank you.
0: Okay, good. Uh, yeah, probably not the right place to ask for more detail, just because you know, seems like a figurative thing. But let's continue on. Uh, Drew Pod is asking. What is something you have recently unlearned that you felt was important to your growth, uh, man? I've unlearned my entire life, essentially in the last three years. Uh, so that's a huge question. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that one, man. I think I had to unlearn a lot. Let's just put it that way. I've unlearned everything I've learned up until I was like thirty-five, and then updated my software over the last three years. My my mental software over the last few years, um, but this whole fixed mindset thing, this thought that um, that people are made a certain way you you're either a math person or you're not a math person, or you're either this type of person or you're not you know that type of person. It's not true like there's you might have some type of natural inclination to it, but anybody can learn anything. Uh, so I guess that's the the big thing that that has been most fundamental to me is just I can learn anything it is that I actually want to learn. Um, and I can get good at it. So uh, like expertise is, is a scam. Everything's a scam, I guess that uh, to, to quote, uh, the quote, a um, name, Riva Rivatez says everything is a scam. So, you know, when you realize that, then you realize that you can do anything, right? It, everything's a game, any game you want to play, just go play it. Right? That's, that's something I guess, was was impactful. Austin, awesome. what about you?
2: Um, I think I kind of went through a classic thing when I was younger of, maybe this is less in work stuff, but I sort of went through that classic phase of idealism about the world and how, oh, I'm learning all these things about how I feel like the world should work and shouldn't everybody understand these things all at once and then just not seeing the sort of change in society that I wanted and that being sort of um, disillusioning. But I think it's more... What I've unlearned or sort of come to reckon with is that well, where I can control things and where I can't. Um, and just that, I keep honing that and chipping away at that, like where I can control outcomes where I can't control outcomes. Um, that's been such a tough thing for me in my life is like feeling like everything I do, I should be good at, or everything I try, I should be great at and I should be able to control the outcome. And once I sort of unlearned that idea that, or that, that feeling that, you know, my destiny is solely in my own hands. It's freed me up to just really focus on those things that, and the, like the things I can't control and, and more specifically, the ways I can help people around me and make their lives better. And I don't necessarily mean that in some big, huge societal way, but like i you know, I've become this manager at my current job. And I think a lot about like, well, the thing I can't control is giving a good experience. I can't control necessarily the outcome of how the company does, but I can give a good experience to like Harpreet and the other folks who work with me. I can, um, tend to my, my partner in my home and our two cats that we just got, like, there are just certain things that I can exert control over and there are just certain things I can't. And that was one of the most important, it remains to be one of the most important things I grapple with all the time. So it's a a process and I'm still undergoing it, but, um, I think control is at the, at the center of that for me.
0: Yeah. That's the, I mean, the, the kind of like the core tenant of Stoic philosophies, there are some things that are in our control and some things that are not. Things are in our control, uh, Optimize for those everything else. Forget about it. Right. I love that. Um, so group hopefully that answers your question as a huge question. Uh, like trust me when I say I've unlearned everything I you know, the first 35 years of my life I had to unlearn everything and just updating my software from the ground up uh, over the last few years. And it has been crazy. Wow, I think about it. man. Like, it's crazy how much, like, you're in the middle of a journey and you're working through something and things just seem like it's just going slow. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not, you know, like spinning my wheels. Like, am I ever going to get to where I'm going? Right. And if I do, will I know when I'm there? Like, I, you know, I don't know. So it, it's good to take time to just pause and reflect back. Like, I think about it this way like, my first official job as a data scientist. Was February 2019. That was like when I first officially had the data scientist title. That was two years and nine months ago, right? Like it wasn't long ago. And in that two years and nine months, like I've helped build two data science teams and now somehow ended up in this type of position where it's like the ultimate, the ultimate position for me. Like, and then like this podcasting last been what, one year, five months since I launched a podcast. And in that one year, five months, so I think about like, you know, the thousands of, you know, downloads, I've got almost like 100,000 downloads now, which is crazy. Uh, that puts me in like the top 20% of podcasts out there. Uh, just the ad revenue that's coming through that, just the opportunities that have opened up because of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, having to unlearn. Unlearn a lot, uh, and a lot of what I had to unlearn was just all the limitations that I had put on myself. I had to unlearn those limitations just this idea that getting past the starting block is impossible in this day and age, it's actually more possible than ever, because we live in an age of infinite leverage, everything is permissionless. Now, I didn't have to ask anyone's permission to buy a microphone and start broadcasting and doing things, I just started doing it. Um, that's just me going off on a, on a rant. Um, <laughs> keep it going. Um, I, yeah, Rodney Beard said, read Epictetus. Yes. Yes, read Epictetus. Yes. This is my little philosophy corner, but yeah, Epictetus is uh, amazing. Um, question here, what is ML Office Hour? Just joined in the middle, have no idea. I randomly got a notification for live and joined. ML was interesting to me. Well, I hope ML is still interesting to you. Like these Office Hours, man, they just, they turn into whatever they turn into, right? We, it's a blank slate. There's no topic. There's no point of discussion when we start them. Uh, it's just driven by, what the community asks, and then pushed even further by just ideas bouncing around. So it doesn't necessarily have a central theme. I mean, if you got questions on machine learning, like I could probably answer them. Um, I can kind of know what I'm doing in machine learning, well, I mean, more than kind of, um, and data science in general. So technical questions, you can ask technical questions. Other type of questions, as you can see, like we haven't talked much about anything machine learning related at all this hour, Um, but yeah. Anything you Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about. Uh, we just had somebody join in on the live session uh, Padma, If you got a question, let us know.
1: So I had that question actually. I I joined from LinkedIn. Now I jo- I found that link and I joined through Zoom. So.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Well, thanks for, for answering. Thank yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, Rodney said, I quoted him. Yes, I I did quote Epictetus. I, I mean, I read a lot of Stoic philosophy. It's kind of like my go-to Stoic, and now nowadays it's Taoism, Taoism as well. Uh, which, um, which Bruce Lee's, you know, apparently really, really good for, for House Philosophy. Striking Thoughts is amazing. Uh, and then this, this book by Seneca is a good one, too, on the shortness of life. Life is long if you know how to use it, which is true.
1: <laughs> um,
2: I want to plug one here, too. Um, yeah. 4,000 yeah. four, 4, Weeks by Oliver Berkman. It's a relatively okay. new one. I think I had mentioned that one to you at one point, Harpreet. But I know you're flooded with book suggestions. Um, it's a it's about time management, but it's a very interesting take on time management. And the title comes from four thousand weeks is eighty years, um, and that's sort of they're just that's sort of the baseline of like just say this is how long you live four thousand weeks, and sort of going off the premise that that is an aggressively short amount of time in the span of like world and human history, um, and it's a really is tackling with things like how we structure to-do lists, distraction, patience, um, just all these kinds of things that really get in the way of, of us uh, of human beings really doing the things that are fulfilling and make them feel content. And this feeling, one of the main things is this feeling of like, Oh man, if I can just get through all of my like to-do list of these terrible things that I just are on my, then I'll have time for the things that I love and enjoy. And for so many people that is, very, very difficult and kind of becomes fallacious because you just never have shit never ends. It's just ongoing. So it's really about prioritization, really about, you know, living in the moment about accepting mortality. It's a, it's a wide ranging book. It's very, very interesting. Um, it's just one I've been thinking a lot about recently and it's been helping me sort of manage that anxiety that I feel like, Oh, am I going to get everything done today? What if I don't get this done? And it's sort of like, I get done what I get done. The day will end. I will have another one. And you know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very, it is very stoic. It has this sort of stoicism components in it as well.
0: Yeah, you did tell me about this book. I added it to my uh, Audible library. That, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, on the horizon. I've, I've been reading parenting books on Audible. That's been my, my thing lately. I've got, to, what was I just started this book? Um, I think it's called Gentle Discipline. Uh, so I have no clue how the hell discipline this 18 month old kid who just like, Super cute, absolutely adorable, but I just don't know how to discipline him. Uh, so gentle discipline, using emotional connection, not punishment, to raise confident, and capable kids. But like so much of this stuff is applicable to dealing with like full-size humans as well. So there's a lot of uh like neuroscience and stuff going on in here, how the child's brain is developing. And I think just that we're all just big kids at the end of the day, right? Like there's an inner child within all of us, so being able to Communicate to that is, is key. Another one I'm reading is uh, I got queued up next. It's um, Little Sprouts in the Tao of Parenting. So, yeah, that, that should be a good one. All right. So, it does not look like there's any more questions. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, there's some awesome feedback in the uh, chat from Christine Seagrave, uh, a ton of great advice. So, um, one thing I want to quote from her is that the judger path leads to a fixed mindset. The learner path leads to an open mindset, which allows for growth. When you feel yourself being judgmental about something, step back and think. Unlearning might be like rewiring a mental schema, images, or our code. Uh, Credit the Flourishing Center with this information. Great, great tips. Um, So yeah, a lot of great advice that she's uh, providing. So definitely go and check that out. Awesome, guys. We'll go ahead and wrap it up, man. It's been it's been great. Office hour as usual. Um, hope to see you guys here next week. Uh, same time, same place, man. I'm always here for you guys. Like I said, the most accessible quote unquote data science influencer that you know. You can find me consistently twice a week at this, uh, you know, well, not at this specific time, but you know, twice a week you can find me. Link to register in the comments, guys. Take care. Have a good rest of the weekend. Um, don't forget to tune in again to the episode I released. Uh, the one with Mac Frenzel is a, uh, people are absolutely enjoying that one. Um, gotten so many comments on that. So check that out. Uh, did a, another one uh, released on Friday with Pradeep Sanger. That was actually one of my favorite ones to record. I learned a lot from him on that. Um, and then next week, September 24th, uh, we're talking to a, a friend of mine, Dennis Will, out of Berlin, Germany. He's a data engineer. So we talk all about data engineering and and things like that. So hopefully uh, you tune into that. So just kind of give you a, a heads up as to what's happening over the next few weeks on the podcast. So Dennis Will, uh, just tales of a data engineer. Then after that, we're talking to Madison Scoot, uh, Wellness for Data Professionals. We also talk about uh, data engineering in there as well. Uh, then we've got John Dravakey, who is a philosopher and professor out of the University of Toronto. We're gonna be talking about what he calls the meaning crisis. Uh, then we're talking to Eric Oaken, part of the Oaken brothers. That's on October 15th. Uh, then there's Emily Balsetes who wrote the book, um, closer, clearer, closer, better. Uh, she, and she was actually on a good morning America. So that's pretty cool. So definitely check out that episode. Um, and then on October 29th, we got an episode releasing with the legendary Andy hunt. You will know of Andy hunt. If you have, uh, read The Pragmatic Programmer or Pragmatic Thinking and Learning. He is an absolute legend. Uh, and that was a really good conversation. So tune into that and just a bunch of other awesome conversations talking to another philosopher. She calls herself an industrial philosopher, uh, Christina Giacomo, And she, she kind of actually, uh, she, she puts it down, man, in that episode. She uh, deconstructs some beliefs I had. So that was a good one. My friend George Farrakhan also got an episode releasing with him and Stephen Carendell and so many others, man. A lot of good stuff coming out. Going to be continued coming out. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good rest of the afternoon, evening, wherever it is that you are. My friends, remember you've got one life on this planet. Why not try to do some big cheers, everyone?